Today we're going to talk about something uh, I think is very important called attachments. You know, we've been talking in this series on uh, seduction, soul ties, sex, transference of spirits, a whole bunch of other stuff keeps adding to the mix. Next thing you know, the title is going to be a whole paragraph long. Now we're talking about attachments. All of these things work together uh, for your increase or for your damage. And so, uh, so we'll jump right into this, have a couple of examples. And, uh, you know, today it's always been like this. As Christians, you need to watch your circle of influence. You need to watch who comes into your life. You need to watch where you go, what you do, who you hang around. I had a strange experience this morning. You know, I uh, stopped by this particular place. Can't remember the name of it. They sell really, really healthy food. Uh, they, uh, they only stay open until like 2 o'clock. Something cafe. Um, never mind. But I went there, and, um, um, and, you know, they have chairs. They have booths. You know, and uh, and then they have this like long, long. It's like it's like four or five picnic tables in the shape. It's just re- it's a really, 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 really long table. And so you can sit on either side of the table, you know, instead of you sitting at a regular table. And so so uh, I went there for breakfast this morning because I got up early before I went over here, came over here, and I was going over my lesson. And so I'm sitting there, and uh, and this young lady walks in. And how many of you know that if you walk in a restaurant and it's a long table that has 16 seats and there's one person sitting here, don't sit in front of that person. Wouldn't y'all, wouldn't y'all agree that that's common sense? You know? All of these tables, all of these seats, and she sits right down in front of me. So now, and you know me, I'm sitting... And I'm looking for the cameras, and she says... She says, how you doing? I said, fine. <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is the devil right here. Young college girl, okay, sitting right there in front of me. Put all her stuff out. And I didn't move, but I, what I did was I put on my earphones and I started listening to Bishop Oyedipo while I was eating. I didn't go over my lesson. I just kept pretending like I was going over my lesson. And I got a glance up every once in a while and she's kind of just kind of looking at me and I'm just like, this is not good. <laughs> this just looks bad. This just looks really, really bad. You know, but all the time I'm just questioning why are you sitting here? You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to read what's going on. Why are you sitting here? And is it something trying to attach itself to me? You know, so we're going to talk about that for a moment. So, you know, when it comes to attachments, the examples I'd like to give to you, you've heard me say this before. I might have a couple of new people that never heard me say this before. But um, 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 and if you I'm going to put this message up, it might be some buzzing on the on the line. And um, but uh, if it is. Uh, just keep listening. I'm saying this for the purpose of the media page. You'll be all right. You've heard noise before. I don't know what that is. We'll get rid of it. It's probably some wires we need to replace. But um, but uh, most of you, well, you may not have done this, but I use the example of you can go home, you can take a bath, then you can take a shower. You can be so squeaky clean that when you rub your skin, you hear that sound you make on dishes. And all you have to do is go sit on the porch. It will not matter if it is spring, summer, fall, or winter. Same thing will happen. Go sit on the porch for an hour in the winter time at 30 degrees when stuff is supposed to be dead because of the weather. And if you sit on the porch, all you got to do is go grab a white paper towel, rub your forehead, and it will be brown. Why? Because there is stuff in the atmosphere that attaches itself to you regardless to what you do. It has nothing to do with you. It's stuff that attaches itself to you. Many of you have seen, when you, any of you ever used a paper towel to wipe a glass or a window or a car? And when you're finished, what do you see? You see a residue of the paper towel on the window. 
Okay, because anything that you come in contact with, you always leave a res uh, residue. You know, we used to have a joke when we were kids. I don't know if they still do that today, but you know, there used to be a big thing back then. If you if your first job was McDonald's, second or third job, you know, you would come home or you would ride the bus, and people would say, "Ooh, I can tell you've been working fries." Y'all remember that? Maybe not. That was maybe something back in my day. I'm telling my age. Okay, but that was something that that whatever food you work around, you know, the food, the re there's a residue of it that attaches itself to you. Um, same thing if you work with fish. If you work with fish, there's a residue, and that can be a really, really weird smell. Um, but uh, when you clean fish, you know, then you have, you know, I can't do it. I'll never do it until the day that I die unless you trick me into it, and that is chitlins. Some of y'all like chitlins. I can't do it. Okay. When I was growing up, I didn't know what chitlins was. I just knew that it smelled nasty. It just smelled absolutely horrendous. And then when I found out what it actually was... I said, no wonder y'all up in the kitchen for two hours cleaning this mess. Because I was just wondering, why it takes so long to clean this stuff? And I don't know what it was. The point that I'm making is, is that this stuff can get on you as an attachment. Okay? And there's a residue of things. Um, you know, I was at the um, grocery store day before yesterday. And a gentleman walked up to me. And he was a barber. He had opened up a brand new place. And uh, he handed me, he had a little small rectangular card. He said, hey, man, I just opened up a new barber shop. I want you to come check me out. You know, boom, 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 I'm new. This is where I'm located. I said, cool. I said, I might come check you out. I took his card, and the card had the residue of his cologne on the card. When I grabbed the card, the residue, what was on the card, ended up on my hand. What ended up on my hand ended up on my clothes. See how that just kept passed? That's what you call attachments. Well, the problem is, is that those are just natural substances, you know, but the thing is, is that the same thing happens when you come in contact with people. That's why this chick just sat down you know, in front of me at this restaurant this morning, I'm just looking like, mm-hmm, okay. You know, I, I was like, see, this would be a good time for my wife to have gone to the bathroom for a minute. And she come back, and this girl is sitting right there. I wouldn't have said a word. I wouldn't have said nothing about it. That's my wife's seat. I would have just waited. I would just smiled. You about to see a show in just a second. Okay. I don't know what that girl's problem was. I mean, she, and it seemed like she was so surprised that I didn't say anything to her. You know, these little cute girls, they think everybody's interested in them. You know, I didn't mean that in a negative way. Y'all know what I'm saying. You know, just some, they just, you know, I had, do I want to say that? No, I don't want to say that. How many know you can be a legend in your own mind? You can be a legend in your own mind. You can just feel it coming on me. I just, I mean, these people had their concepts. I had a, there was a young lady one time that, that whenever she went to a church, she was able to take the men down sexually. So because of that, when she really did get right, the devil convinced her that she could never go to a church because all of the men would be interested in her. And it's just a lot of weird stuff that you have to deal with out here. I mean, the devil is a trip. He will convince you, man, of all type of stuff, okay? So, so that's what happens. Sometimes you come in contact with people and it leaves a, some type of soulish type of residue. You've seen it when uh, some of you have been at the grocery store and you run into the person on aisle six. You just kind of speak to him, but then you don't know why you're still thinking about this person two hours later. You run into him at the gas station. You have to be very careful with social media and Facebook because for some people, if you're not careful, all of us can fall into this trap. Social media, and particularly Facebook because of all of the pictures, social media can be a lower form of pornography for some people because what you're doing is you're scrolling through profile, you have access to everybody's personal information, and now, you know what's deep? Here these last couple of weeks, it's been something strange and that I've, ex I've been experiencing is I walk past 
um, men, and I just happened to walk past them. This happened at the barbershop yesterday. Walked past a gentleman. He got on a wedding ring. Got walked past a gentleman, and he on Facebook looking at some girl's breasts. Okay, I did a, I did a, a wedding here recently, and there was a guy in the back. You know, I happened to walk past his phone, and he watching. It was a butt naked. It was just a naked butt right there on the phone. Okay, so so social media has become a lower form of pornography now. And if you're not careful, you'll just be scrolling through Facebook, and you know how you can scroll through and at the near, I don't know, certain ways down, they'll have a list of people that Facebook said that they think you want to know. Okay, and you can just scroll past, scroll past, and this is what happened. Mm, she's fine. And what happens is you then click on the picture, and then sometimes when you click on these pictures, it is pornography. And what it is with these girls want to show their butts to the world all day long? I just don't get that. You know, it's a shame. It's a shame when you think that your greatest asset is your behind. So, <laughs> something almost came out. I'll just leave that in there. Okay. So, you have to be very, very, very careful because something that the Holy Spirit taught me years ago when I saw a picture, and that is every still picture that you look at carries the presence of that real person as though they were standing there. Because just because something is sitting still, it doesn't mean the same way that that this man gave me a card and now his cologne is on me for the rest of the day. See, still it's the, 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 the level that is behind these things. It's the reason why the Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You know, so I'm going to give you a, a small example of this. Um, oh, let me say this. Some things, when they attach themselves to you, they will dissipate or disappear after a certain amount of time if you stay away from it. Okay? So, for example... You know, you know, how many know that outside smell, you know, you go outside, you know, that's why some people bathe and douse themselves in cologne, because if you go outside, you come back inside, you'll still smell like cologne. But you can go outside for like five minutes. And when you come back in, you weren't rolling around in the dirt, but you what we call smell like outside. Okay, you got that. Well, the thing is, is that when you come back in from outside, eventually that smell will wear away. So there are some things that will wear away. There are other things that will stay with you forever. And you have to deal with them. And, uh, and a lot of times they are there and you don't know that they are there. Let me give you a small example of this. This is an actual testimony of a lady that is a member of our church. Uh, she gave me this testimony about two and a half, three years ago. And when I was studying this lesson, the Holy Spirit brought it back to my remembrance. And I called her. I said, give me that story again. So she sent it to me and I read it. She said, one weekend I went to Piedmont Park. For you all that are newer to Atlanta, or for you all that are listening in Detroit, I don't know, I can't help you in other states. But, uh, but this would be what in Detroit we called Palmer Park. Um, Palmer Park in Detroit used to be the place where anybody that was in the strange stuff, whether it be homosexual, lesbianism, bestiality, whatever it was, transvestite, gay, all that, transgender, transsexual, trans, you know, all that stuff. There's so many different versions of it now, I can't keep track. So, but that's what I used to hang out. Well, that's where Piedmont Park can be sometimes in Atlanta. So she said, one weekend I went to Piedmont Park. While I was at the park, I didn't feel right, but I stayed away and I stayed anyway. Sorry, even though she didn't feel right. As I walked through the park, I ran right into the gay festival, which I had no idea was going on. It got really heavy spiritually. And so after about 45 minutes, I left the park. When I got home, I still felt heavy and knew I should pray, so I did. I felt a little better and went to bed. As I laid in bed, I could not sleep and suddenly felt like I was literally surrounded by a gang that was about to attack me. 
It was almost like I could see these creatures. So much so, I sat up in the bed and yelled at them and told them to leave. It lightened up a bit, but it wasn't until I sat up and prayed in the spirit for a while that I was able to sleep. That night, the Lord told me that some of the demonic spirits that were a part of the gay pride festival decided to follow me home when they saw me there. And that is why he did not want me to occasionally go to a lounge or a nightclub because the exact same thing happens there also. Y'all got that. Okay. So it is unfortunate because, you know, it's funny because <clears throat> the scripture teaches that there is another dimension that is more real than this one. That's a hard concept to realize because you can see this dimension, but you can't see the other. But the scripture teaches that it is more real and that this dimension was created from that one. But it's unfortunate because you have some Christians that believe the Bible on that matter. OK. And then you have some Christians that don't. On the flip side, you have unbelievers who they completely believe in the spiritual realm, particularly in other countries, India, China, Africa, Haiti, those places in Jamaica. They're like, oh, that's just common sense. They, don't, they ain't got nothing to do with Jesus. They understand. Yes, there is another spiritual realm. Duh. This is like two plus two equals four to them. OK, so you have believers, you have believers who believe it and don't. And you have unbelievers who believe it and don't. OK, but it matters not what you believe. The fact is that it's true. If you, if you ever come in contact with that realm one time, that's all it takes is one time for you to come in contact with that realm. And uh, you will you couldn't deny it if you tried to, because you you get a glimpse of that realm one time. I have a couple of times over a few instances, you know, Lord showed me one color in that realm one time. Another time we were casting a, a demonic creature um, out of a person. And um, as a matter of fact, my wife had a session where they dealt with uh, um, a, a series of demonic creatures in a person for about five hours. They dealt with them for about five hours and just the things that were exposed. I mean, imagine, imagine you trying to cast something out of an individual and they can bring up your social security number. They can bring up something that you did 20 years ago. You know, you sitting there, a husband and wife team, you casting out this thing, and, and then the thing speaks out of this person and say, hey, by the way, did you know that your husband has an incurable disease? I mean, they expose everything because they can see both realms. Okay, so if you ever come in contact with that realm, you'll never deny it, okay? And so, uh, <laughs> y'all, the look on your face. <laughs> you know, that's the reason why these kids love the supernatural. They see it on TV. Okay, everything is about the supernatural. But the point that I'm making is, is that when you have something like that, you know, um, and people go into that. When you see a crowd comes together, there's another crowd that is behind it, uh, that agitates it, that keeps everything going, the movement, the feeling, the everything. There's another army or crowd that is behind that. Well, whether on purpose or by accident, okay, in our particular case, accident, you know, when you have that huge crowd like that, it's like a big bowl or big, it's like a black hole, just nothing but darkness, a big ball of darkness. Well, then somebody who has light walks right in the midst of that. So they stand out like a sore thumb. And because uh, 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 devils push, the Holy Spirit pulls. Always remember that. OK. And because of that, they are very, very antagonistic. Uh, they love to put you and they love to um, to bully you. The bully spirit uh, bullies always operate in that spirit, by the way, because demons are bullies. So they decided to find follow this young lady home and try to uh, accost her. Uh, what we call molest her in the spirit. Um, and many have turned to perversion because of that, because they didn't know how to deal with it. And so uh, and so as a result of her being a part of a church that taught these things, 
she knew to speak to it, pray in the spirit and make these things leave. You know, because if the devil could have killed you, you would have already been dead. You know, but the exact same thing does happen to a in a nightclub. You walk into that atmosphere and it's almost you know, there are people that will tell you that they used to go to the club all the time. And then when they gave their life to Christ, they then went back to the club and they said it was almost like everybody in the club knew that they didn't belong. I don't know if that ever happened to any of you. You even feel weird. You just you just know. Now, you still might be bumping and grinding on the floor and all that with, the, with your little drink. People crack me up trying to dance on the dance floor with a drink. OK, but the point is, is that they know you don't belong. And, and whenever you walk in, you see this even in movies. You see a guy walking down a deep, dark road or in a particular region he's not supposed to be in. And the individuals that are there, what you doing in my neighborhood? What you doing on this street? And then they begin to accost individuals. OK, well, it's the same thing spiritually. So you have to be very, very careful where you go. It's a reason why they talk about so many spirits. They even call the drink spirits. Why do y'all think they call the drink spirits? This is not a nickname, y'all. They understand that there is something behind this type of stuff. They even got a new drug now that is that that you can smoke it right in front of the police officer and he can't even tell because of the e-cigarettes now. It's a little the thing is like the size of a piece of dust and you put it in there and they said the high produces something similar to a zombie. And they said if kids keep smoking this, it'll give them the ability to murder 100 people when they come out of it, they won't even know. And they said the sad part is, is that the only we can tell it's a drug is if we take it and then have it analyzed in a laboratory. So the enemy is finding out ways to hide his foolishness and the Holy Spirit is giving us ways to expose it. OK, so I said all that to say, be careful where you go. Be careful where you walk. Be careful who you talk to. You know, you stay away from some of these places, especially nowadays. y'all. I mean, think about this. You go into a club. OK, and it's a sea of people. And then on top of that, you're listening to the music being piped in and the words on top of the music being piped in and all of this is getting on the inside of you you know and this stuff what it does is when this stuff attaches itself to you some of this stuff will lie dormant until you try to do the right thing and when you try to do the right thing that thing will activate like a sickness and disease or like a venereal disease it'll just activate and it'll shut you down some of this stuff will lie dormant in your life and it'll just pop up and activate when you get married because this stuff the dark stuff is designed to take you down not to expose itself. Always remember this. All of the darkness operates as a thief. Anybody ever been robbed? I'll put it this way. Anybody ever had something that was stolen from you? Anybody ever had your house broken into or your car broken into? Okay, all of those things. How many of you before that happened, the thief came and introduced himself to you first? Okay, thieves don't introduce themselves. Thieves, in order to steal from you, seek to be hidden. They don't want you to know that you are being watched. They don't want you to know when they're coming. They don't want you to know when they do it. And they definitely do not want to be found. It must be a secret. Well, that's how the enemy is working against your particular life. So it takes the Holy Spirit to expose certain things that you can't see because it's all being done behind the scenes. Okay. First Corinthians chapter five. I got story after book, you know, because we're going to be teaching this. I have story after story after story about people who come in contact with individuals and now it is something on them. How many, how many of you have ever had an experience where you got up, felt like you had the joy of God in your heart, like you had hit the lottery or something, or you had just, oh my, you felt so good until you ran into that one individual. You had a two-minute conversation with them, and now you feel like you are underneath a casket. You know why? Because what was on them that was depressing them attached itself to you. And because it's the same thing, it produces the same thing. Now you feel the same way. And, and a lot of times you don't know. And that's why certain people, certain people, 
You know, there's some people that call me. Nope. Go right to voicemail. Because you got to be in the mold sometimes. Even as a pastor, I'm called to deal with everybody's stuff. But sometimes, I'm not talking about just regular problems, but you have some people that the only reason why they call you is to dump on you. And, and yet, I'm called to be dumped on, but I got to be in my right frame of mind, okay, in order to be dumped on. I mean, every peop- there have been times when I've talked to a person, and I shouldn't say talk. I listen to a person talk for a whole, uh, for a half an hour. I just let them talk. And at the beginning of the conversation, you'll feel like you're 20 feet tall. At the end of the conversation, you feel like you're one inch tall because that's how they felt and what was on them. And that's, it's called a law of transference, where what is on them is allowed to be transferred to you so that you can destroy it. Okay. And you have to be spiritually mature. Kenneth Hagin talked about that. I'm all over the place today. Kenneth Hagin talked about that, um, where, where um, um, I'll use Stefan as an example, where he will have cancer. You have to be spiritually mature for God to trust you this way. He will have cancer. I will be in prayer. And what the Lord will do is he will take the cancer out of Stefan and put it in me. Because he knows that I can deal with it at one moment, not over days. He knows that I can deal with it at that moment and destroy it in me. So he'll put the cancer out of stuff and take it out of him, put it in me while I'm in prayer. I will destroy the thing in prayer. Once it's destroyed, God then shifts it back and now he's healed. Everybody say high level. <laughs> all of us can walk in that. But you're not going to walk around looking at Facebook and bugs money all day long. First Corinthians chapter five, verse nine. I wrote you in my letter not to associate with immoral people. I did not at all mean with the immoral people of this world or with the covetous and swindlers or with idolaters. For then you would have to go out of the world. In other words, don't quit your job just because it's a sinner that works there. You know, he said, I actually wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brother, somebody that you would hang out with if he is an immoral person or covetous or idolater or reveler or drunkard or swindler. Don't even eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Do you not judge those who are within the church, but those who are outside God judges? Therefore, remove the wicked man from among yourselves, because one of the things that God recognizes. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but my parents used to take us apple picking all the time at Blake's in Michigan. And they used to have these big wooden containers and it would be full of apples. The problem with having a container full of good apples, all it takes is to put one bad apple in there. If you put one bad apple in there, if you don't take it out, every single apple in the entire container will become like the one. Why? Because what was on the bad apple attached itself to the next apple. It became corrupted. It attached itself. Okay, so God is not saying you're supposed to be, oh, I'm just better and self-righteous. No, what he's saying is whenever you have somebody around you that is on purpose, living in sin and does not care, don't hang out with them because there's something on them. And if you keep hanging out with them, what's on them is going to come on you. And next thing you know, y'all both robbing the bank together. That's how it operates. And see, this is the problem. Wherever you come in contact with. Okay, let's say that my level is 90. I'll just, when you sit on the front row, you got to be used as an example. Let's say that my level is 90 and his level is 30. When we start hanging out, there's a force in me that's trying to bring his 30 up. And there's a force in him that's trying to bring my 90 down. So whoever you're hanging with, it's this, 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 matter of fact, let's look at this next scripture. What is this next scripture? Proverbs 27, 17. Notice what it says. It says, iron sharpens iron. 
So a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Notice that both of those two things were the same. He said iron. He didn't say a feather sharpened iron. He didn't say wood sharpened iron. He said iron sharpened iron. So anybody that is not pretty much on your level, there's some type of pulling and pushing going back and forth. Okay. If y'all not on the same, that's why when you start growing spiritually, sometimes the Lord will make you get rid of every single last one of your friends, including your crazy relatives. It's not because you better is that God's trying to bring you up to another level and their very presence brings you down. And sometimes you got to be willing to be alone. There have been seasons when I've been alone. Every man is called to be alone and every woman is called to be alone in a certain season of your life. But what happens is the Lord will bring you out of that level and bring you up to level two. When you get to level two for a while, you will then eventually meet new people on level two. And then sometimes if you keep on growing and the people on level two don't, he'll then push you up to level three and you'll end up leaving the people on level two. So if you are a person that you keep on growing to the day that you die, you will have this constant influx and outflux of friends. Because most people don't want to grow. They just want to stay on the same level. Not me. I'm trying to go as high as I can go. I'm trying to be a high flyer. Almost said high roller. High flyer. <laughs> First Corinthians 15, 33. It says, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. The same way that a bad apple can corrupt good apples is the same way that you have people in your life that's not right. And sometimes we try to hang out with them because we don't want to give them the wrong impression. I used to be that way. Then one day I woke up and I said, I care not about bad impressions. Okay, you know, this, you know, people, they, you know, it's, it was funny because it was just funny when people do weird things when they think you become successful. When my wife and I became pastors, it was just funny because some of the people that used to deal with us all the time, all of a sudden didn't want to be bothered with us. And then the people who didn't want to give us the time of day, all of a sudden they wanted to be our friends. This is really weird. You got to be careful, especially when the Lord is increasing you and promoting you and you get a new job and you get a new house, you get a new car. I mean, all of these things, all of this favor start kicking in. You get a new man, you get a new wife. Y'all you, know what I'm saying with, with the new wife thing. I had to say that because people would say, he said I could get a new wife. That's not what the man said. He said I could trade you in and get a newer model. That's not what the man said. Okay, y'all know what I'm saying. You got to be very careful when the Lord begins to bless you, who starts to come into your life. You got to be very, very careful because people have a real funny way of showing their true colors six months down the line. Not immediately. How many I know on the first date you put your best foot forward? Okay, by the 10th date, you was already passing gas right in front of the person's presence. <laughs> I just put some people on the spot. They didn't like that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I mean, let me yank it. Okay? I'm just saying, people put the you got It takes time to see what a person's motives are. It takes time. I this and this. There's some things that is. I don't want to say scared, but almost like a like a type of horror movie type of feeling. You know, every once in a while, you get somebody. Now, as we're not talking about most people. They have good intentions. You know. Uh, you know, sometimes people want to take us out, you know, or take my wife out, take me out, whatever. Okay. And um, but every once in a while you get something weird. This is at our previous church. This is a lady, an older lady. And she uh, she wanted to uh, she wanted to come over to our house and help my wife with the household duties. You know, I, I can come over and wash the clothes and, and all that type of stuff. And and so. You know, me, I'm just, I'm, a, I'm Mr. Police Officer with everything. Stop, let me think about this. This don't sound right already. 
Okay. First problem is that you got to go pick her up. You got to go pick her up. You got to drive one way 20 minutes, then bring her back to the house. That's another 20 minutes. Then she has to do this work. Then you got to drive her back another 20 minutes and then come back another 20 minutes. All of that time, you could have just done what you were having her come do because you're spending all your time in drive time. When I saw the lady, I was like, absolutely not. God and the devil will make up and become best friends before this lady steps foot. I don't even want this. I just knew that there was something on this woman. I knew there was something wicked on this woman. And when she got up in our house, we were going to find out what was on her because it would transfer over to my family. I knew it so much. So I would see the lady walking a half a mile from our house, walking in the rain. I drove right past her in the rain. I tell people all the time, I see old ladies at the bus stop every day. It don't mean I'm supposed to pick them up. It's always an issue. I'm just saying, but see, that's the type of stuff that'll get you in trouble is the Lord, is, is the devil pulling on your emotional strings. Oh, I'm just such a heathen for picking her up. No, no, she didn't walk in the rain before. She'd be just fine. She's not coming in my house. Got to pick that woman up. She would have tried to manipulate her way to my house and just, nope, mm-mm, I don't think so. There are some people that they want to find out where you live because they want to move in. They come, they want to, they, they, be careful who you bring in your house. I'm not saying you can't bring somebody in your house all the time. I did that one time. That won't happen again. That won't happen again. Jesus, that won't happen again. I'm surprised. Oh, whew, that just won't happen again. That woman acted a fool. She acted a fool. But some people, I'm not saying all people, some people, they try to get close to you because they're trying to investigate what you're about. They're trying to see how much money you got in your bank. They're trying to see, they, they want to come to your house because they actually want to see how many bedrooms you got and is there a spare one? <laughs> now, I, I don't know why y'all laughing, that's the truth. They come, all of this stuff is on the inside of their heart. They come in to visit you, I just want a fellowship and they'll actually be a blessing to you financially. I just want to come, I'm going to buy all of this food and I just want to cook for you and your family. And they come in and they cook this illustrious dish. You all caught up in all of the glory and the wonder of all of the food and your crazy appetite that you can't put in check. That's me. All of that. She says, where's the restroom? Oh, right down there, down the hallway. Now, when she goes down the hallway, she's peeping. Mm-hmm. That's the kids. Mm-hmm. That's the parents. Uh-oh, what do we have here? Oh, we have an empty bedroom with a bed and a flat screen TV. Mental check. Bam. Then you get a call two months later. Oh, I'm at the bus stop and I don't have a place to live. Don't you got a room in your house? Nope, we filled that last month. <laughs> yeah, y'all keep playing. How many of you know all it takes is a bad experience for you to not go down that path again? Dang, let that girl up in our house and it got so bad, the girl wouldn't even come out of her room. She would, she would buy food for days and she would buy enough food so we could stay in the room for days. We, cooked our, we kicked our daughter out the bedroom so this lady could stay in the house. She got up in there, and she just stayed in there with the trash bag. So whatever food she was done with, she just put it in the trash bag. Now the smell is coming out from underneath the door. And I won't tell you the end of that. I will say the next week, another church came and moved her out of our house. She called them and said that we was the devil. That's, I'm absolutely the devil. Today I am the devil's brother. His cousin, his mama, his daddy, his best friend. Yes, call me Lucifer until you leave. And then I'll turn back to Jesus again. But you got to go. <laughs> Quit playing with these people. All right, First Samuel chapter 16. How I got down all of that.
<clears throat> people are crazy, I'm telling you. I had a, brother, had a guy ask me one time, you know, you just, I didn't hardly know this group. Can I come move with you? Nope. You don't need to pray about it? Nope. If I'm wrong, I'm sure the Holy Spirit has a way of getting my attention. Y'all, do, I don't know why I'm, do not be afraid to tell people no. Your ability to tell people no is a measure of your own personal maturity. You must be able to know how to tell people no and not feel bad. When I tell a person no, I tell them no, and then this is what I say in my heart. Holy Spirit, if I wasn't supposed to say no, say no, you'll reveal it to me. And there have been people that I've gone back to and say, hey, I was wrong. I'm supposed to help you. Boom. Okay. Then other people, I say no. And I get to thinking. And I don't pick up nothing. How many of y'all know? How many of you will agree? All of us. If you don't raise your hand, you can come right on up here and give your life to Jesus right now. How many of you right here, you know that there have been many of things that you did. You knew it was wrong and you wanted to do it. You kept on doing it, but you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Holy Spirit was riding you like white on rice, convicting you of what you were doing. And you kept on doing it. Raise your hand if you're sure. This deodorant commercial. Okay, this is my thing. So if the Holy Spirit knows how to get your attention when you don't want to hear from him, surely he knows how to get your attention when you are trying to hear from him. So don't be afraid to tell people, no, you can't move in my house. No, you can't move my car. No, I don't have an extra twenty dollars. No, I'm not taking you to the east side. I'm not taking you to the west side. I'm not taking you to the club. No, I'm not going to buy you no cigarettes. No, I'm not going to get you no ripple. No, I'm not picking up your sister. No, I'm not watching your kids. No, 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 no. Just have a sign at the door. No. I'm not buying your product. No, I'm not buying no magazines to support you for college. No, I'm not buying no Bibles. They're outdated. I got them on the app. No, I'm not buying no newspapers. No, I'm not listening to what y'all got to say, Jehovah's Witnesses. No, Mormons are about to buy sequels. I don't want to hear what y'all have to say. No. Just have a sign on your door. No. All UPS. Only people that say yes to UPS, yes. FedEx, yes. Everybody else, no. <laughs> you cannot be afraid to say no. And, I, and I'm, I'm preaching to y'all, I'm preaching to myself because I have a huge problem telling people no. My wife, y'all, you'd be surprised how many things I was going to do for people, but my wife put me right in check. No, you are not going to do that foolishness right there. I just don't stop when it comes to helping people. <clears throat> I'm serious, I just don't stop. <clears throat> did something with this prayer conference, you know. I did one, two, three, four things with this person and was feeling bad because I couldn't do it a fifth. My wife just literally said, you are crazy when it comes. No, you cannot do that. Everybody say no. no. And if you were wrong, the Holy Spirit knows how to convict you and say no. And say, no, you need to change your mind about that. Boom, boom, boom. It's okay. Y'all been learn how to say no. No, you can't touch my breast. No, you can't see my booty. No, you can't see me in this outfit. No, I know we're trying to live right. No, you can't see what it looks like until we get. Oh, no. <laughs> that should have been the title of the message. No. First Samuel 16, 23. Because people will ask even. Y'all, let me say this. As Christians, we can be crazy. As Christians, we ask God for stuff we have no business asking him for. Some of us have asked God to kill our relatives. 
So how many are? Well, I don't know, I'm not going to ask for a short hand. But I guarantee you, there's some people in here right now. You have asked God to bring judgment on your job because they weren't treating you right. We ask God, okay, we do that with God. So it's possible for you to be dating someone and they have a request that you have to tell them no because they lost at that moment. At that moment, they were full of the devil. They're looking all funny and everything and all that type of stuff. Y'all know it's the truth. Y'all better learn how to say no. We keep saying no to the wrong stuff and saying yes to the, y'all know what I'm saying. Let's go back to 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 23 for the fifth time. So it came about whenever the evil spirit from God came to Saul, David would take the harp and play it with his hand. Saul would be refreshed and be well, and the evil spirit would depart from him. Okay, now, here's a principle of attachments through music. Okay, because whoever you consistently listen to, your soul will become attached to theirs through the music. Always remember that. You must be extremely selective what you listen to music-wise. Okay, extremely selective because whoever you keep listening to, their words keep being deposited on the inside of you. And words, you can't see this, but words actually carry the substance of the individual that you're listening to. Um, do I have a scripture that? Yes, Ezekiel 2.2. Look at Ezekiel 2.2, then I get the rest of this. It says, as he spoke to me, the spirit entered me and set me on my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. Okay? So a person's words, when they speak to you, the spirit behind their words can set you on your feet. Or the spirit on their words can bring you down. Okay? If you can play music and it can drive a demonic spirit out, you can play music and it can drive a demonic spirit in. You must be very careful. The, the reason why this generation is so gone is the number, there's two reasons. One, no parents in the household. Second one is the music that they listen to. Because the music alone can do it. Okay? Very, very, very important. Uh, so a gentleman by the name of Craig G. Lewis, uh, I think they call him Minister X now. Um, I used to listen to him a lot. He used to expose a lot of the stuff that was going on with um, uh, this music and all those different type of things. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the people in Hollywood start sending spies to the meetings because they want to know who is this man that, keep, that when he has an altar call, every kid comes in, comes to the altar and destroys all of the CDs that they bought, all of them. This is before iPad, iPod and all that. So they stopped sending spies because they would send the spies to the meeting and the spies would get saved too. They'd be down there at the altar. We were supposed to go check it out, man. That brother was telling the truth, man. We're full of the devil. I gave my life to Christ. I don't know I'm not going to hell for you. So they just stopped. I mean, they, over and over again, they kept doing this. Okay, but he talked about an experience that he had where he actually had to cast a demonic creature out of a uh, singer in Hollywood. Um, uh, it was an R&B singer. And he said no matter what he did, he could not get this thing to come out. So he just went into prayer prayer he said finally the holy spirit spoke to him and said he said that type of creature that is in him is the type that's played in so you have to go get gospel music and then he'll come out all he did was he said he went and got some some anointed gospel music he said he put it on he said that creature came right out of the vigil because that demon was played in therefore it had to be played out see everybody say high level this is a high level meeting today boy this is some good stuff okay so, so this is why it's very, very important. Now, that's, now if that's just music. Now, right here, according to the scripture, it says that David just played a harp, a harp. Now, because of technology, we have the ability to make one instrument sound like 15. So he just played the harp and the music was so strong that a creature left this man. He became refreshed and healed. Three different things. So in the same way, if music can do that, driving it out, then corrupted music 
can cause you to be depressed, sickness and disease and having a demon attached to you or actually get on the inside of you. You have to be extremely selective what you listen to, because now what happens is you see all of this anger with our youth. That's where this is coming from. Okay, talks about the spirit of anger. Okay, they are afraid to step out and do anything that has to do with the intellect because this is called a spirit of fear. They have the spirit of rebellion. All of that comes from music. It's being transferred. You know, Rick Joyner in a, in a, in a vision, the Lord showed him singers that would be used in the last days. And he said, he said that the devil would like baptize these singers with a special power. He said it would cause masses of amounts of people to be just like baptized in the darkness just by listening to the singer. And you see this going on right now. Now, how they get you is the music sound good. How many of you know? Man, it, the music, I don't care. Woo! And see, but they've tapped into something. They tapped into this stream of music. It's actually them taking something. Music is neither good nor evil. A gun is neither good nor evil. A money is not good, neither good nor evil. It's just general. It takes upon the nature of the person's planet. So what they do is they tap into that realm, and they, it's an unending stream of creativity and music coming from that realm. They tap into it, but it's run through a corrupt heart. And so because it's run through a corrupt heart, it corrupts men. Okay? You take that same music, okay, and you run it through a righteous man's heart, and it delivers people, heals them, and it sets them free. But we got a generation now where that's what they do. Because when you listen, particularly in the area of rap, you listen to the rap music, and it all has that same feeling, and it all has that same sound. It's like this deep, methodic boom. I mean, it just makes you... This makes you, ah, you know, it just comes up. Well, see, now they're going to act like they've been listening to Hosanna for the last 10 years, okay? I told them yesterday when I watched, uh, I tape, I tip. What I do is, is that some people watch the BET Awards for entertainment. I tape it and then skim through it to see what is the new level of foolishness. So this last one that they had, uh, they had a guy named, uh, uh, the, before the actual show started, they had a pre-show on the stage, a guy named uh, Travis Scott. You ever heard of Travis Scott? Okay, uh, crazy dude, crazy, and um, and um, and he, he it was this. They had one song, but then he sang this another song. Um, how did that song go? Um, don't you open up that window? Don't you let out that antidote? In the hills is all we know. Popping pills is all. That's the whole song. Popping pills is all we know. That's the whole song. Now, an older person like, what is this fool talking about? The kids like, we know exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about. And, but the point that I was making is when you listen to it, it's an amazing thing to listen to the demonic sound so good. The energy that was behind that boy. I had the Holy Ghost coming out my ears and was still like, oh, <laughs> this is off the chain because the music is what gets you. Okay. If you take the music away from 90% of the lyrics that people listen to, you would never listen to the lyrics. If they put the lyrics in a book for you to read as a poem, you throw this thing in the trash. This is the most corrupted mess I have ever heard in my life. But you are willing to listen to the mess of the words because the music is so stop, it's so tight. This is how they call it the hook. If any time they, they, the first thing they usually work on is the hook. The hook, if you can get them with the hook, Everything. They'll listen. Man, you'll be sitting up there rapping about Hitler being raised from the dead and killing all the black people. Man, I know, but it sounds so good, dude. We're going to keep on rapping this song about Hitler killing all the black people because the music is so good. 
Now, keep in mind, if the music is corrupted and the words are corrupted and you're listening to this because whatever goes in your eyes and whatever goes in your ears, you will start becoming. So if he's depressed because they were one thing I tell you, I got a lot of friends at work. I used to work with him. We got one guy. He used to work with them all. Let me tell you, these are some of the most depressed individuals you will ever meet. They get their high by being on stage. They get their high by being on stage. But when they go back into the life, they got the money, the cars, the women and the boys and everything else. But they are depressed and they have no peace. So all of the time that you are listening to them along with the corrupted music, every single thing that is on them is being attached to you and dumped on the inside of you. And then you wonder why you are afraid, why you have no peace, why you are depressed, you have no forward movement, all of that. You let somebody else do it to you. You got to be very, very selective what you're listening to. Oh, Lord, they don't look like they're too happy today. You better throw that stuff in the trash. And church music is just as bad. That's why I don't listen to nothing. I mostly listen to instrumental music now. I go on, you know, and, and you know, this is the sad part. There is a, actually, let me say this. There is a lot of what we call, you know, the, the church uses secular in a negative term. There is a lot of good quality music in, from country to rock to R&B, there's a lot of good quality music out there, including Christian, alternative, all of that. The problem is they don't play this stuff on the radio. The only stuff that they play on the radio is all of the stuff that is going to like, y'all saying a whole bunch of synonyms, but it just tantalizes your ears. It's the, the stuff that is controversial, the stuff that is talking about killing your mama you know, while sleeping with your sister and robbing a bank and 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 it's just unreal. And, and with and with the black community is even worse because in their mind, they've they've tapped into something and they know the quickest way to get money from the African and American community is trash. It's got to be dope. It's got to be how many women you sleeping with. It's got to be you ain't a man unless you a baller, you know, all of that type of stuff. And, and that's the stuff that they push. And the sad part is is that the individuals that push it are white executives. Even BET was, was sold to Caucasian men. So they, they, they know it's trash, but they also know that it's a big moneymaker because they know that the number one consumer in the United States are African Americans. They buy more than they sell. They buy more than they save. They buy more than they invest. They buy, they buy, they buy, they buy, they buy. So we can find something that they keep on buying, keep on buying, keep on buying, keep on buying. And we'll turn their little movie stars and all their little idols. We'll make them into like gods. And this will be their role models. And they'll dress like them. They'll talk like them. They'll wear their pants down like them. They'll do everything like them. They'll cuss like them. And then what will happen is, is the songs will become your reality, but it's not theirs. 90% of the videos that you see by these rappers, those cars were borrowed. It was, they were rented. They are not theirs. They lie to you and tell them they're theirs. You actually think these fools, are, they on a, on a yacht. <laughs> Bigger than a Walmart. Y'all realize how much it costs just to maintain a yacht? They don't have that money. Most rappers are broke. And they spend all their money on that stuff. And it's borrowed. They just do all of that. And then they're being, they're being pimped out by the whole system. Because the system is using them. You know, remember, y'all remember when Prince had that change this thing, put the symbol on his face. Y'all remember that? And uh, well, he was doing that because he was being pimped out. So what he did was, he said, I don't have a name. My name is now a symbol. And because I have a symbol now, y'all can't control me. Prince is one of the most intelligent individuals in the music industry. And he has zero respect for most musicians. 
because they don't take their craft seriously. How many times y'all see me print sample anything? That's for all the musicians. <laughs> y'all know. And so the point that I'm making is things can attach themselves to you with music. Um, with music. There was a piece that um, Mozart and them played on a Wednesday and I was listening to it. And when it got to the end, it got really, really strong. And I could literally feel something burning off of me. I could literally feel it. That happens all the time. It can be something that's put on you, something burned off you. Problem is that you generally do not feel it. So you need to go through your iPad list and say, nope, this person is full of the devil. Nope, I'm not listening to you no more. Because it's you valuing yourself to say, I cannot allow other people to dump themselves on the inside of me. And the problem is, y'all, it does sound good. Trust me, it sounds good. It sounds really, really good. That's how they get you is with the music. The music sounds good. But you got to learn how to take the time and go through the app store. I'm sorry, iTunes and be selective. Look at this. Listen to this song. Go through the track. Nope. Okay. So there might be somebody that you really, really like. But this song is about adultery. Why are you going to listen to a song on adultery? I mean, you're putting that spirit on the inside of you. And so it sounds so cool and the music is so cool. Next thing you know, oh, my God, this would be a wonderful. No, it wouldn't. And that's why we got a generation now of people who they're just doing what they hear in the songs. Marriages don't work right. Relationships don't work right. OK, you, all you got to do is just step foot in a public school. Now private. OK, just step foot in the school. I remember years ago, I stepped foot in the school and them kids acted crazy. And I, was, and, and I was like, this is crazy. And I lady that, yeah, she said, but, you know, the grace is with us. I said, no, ain't no grace up in here. Y'all need some belts up in here. That's what y'all need. Unreal. Okay. All right. Ephesians 5.25. Y'all, and the sad part is, I'm going to say this last thing. Um, sometimes with people you can have someone that attaches themselves to you and you can't see straight because you see like they see especially when you're dating okay okay Anybody? this is good for whether you're in a dating relationship or whether you uh whether you are uh, have to teach your kids this but when you're dating someone when you're dating someone okay if you are up here or trying to be up here spiritually and they're down here or not even trying to be. And when I got to use that term very loosely, you know, because in the world, people who don't want to follow God, they say, well, I'm spiritual. Yes, yeah, so is Satan. So that means nothing. What do you do concerning Jesus Christ? That's the question. That's how you put them on the carpet. Well, you know, stop. Which, you know, no, you don't know anything. Go send them back to the altar and go look for another one. OK, but if you way up here trying to be trying to do the right thing, trying to chase after your destiny and they are down here. Okay. What happens is you spend too much time with that individual and they will drag you all the way down to here. In your mind, you'll think you're here. But in reality, you are here. And because you are down here with them, you are blind just like them. And you will think, oh, no, I can get with this individual because they, you know, I can change them. No, you can't. You can't even change yourself. We can't even go to the gym on time. We can't even do the right, you know, we can't, y'all know what I'm saying. It's amazing how people get upset with somebody that they can't change when you can't change yourself. 
All of the stuff you have been trying to work on, you still trying to work on. You have not done it successfully, got an attitude because this individual. Always ask yourself this in a relationship. Don't know why I'm saying this, but I'm pretty sure I do know why. And that is this one question that my wife asked herself. Can I be with this individual for the rest of my life if they change nothing about them? Now, you might be able to deal with some things, you know, because they might get an attitude sometimes and I can deal with the attitude and they, you know, they, you know, they do some things like this and sometimes they show up late. But you got to walk through this and say, now, if they don't really change themselves a whole lot more, can I deal with the frustrations of how they are? Because how many of you know, as much as you think that you got gifts to the planet, we all can frustrate some people. The hands went up slowly. I'm going to try my right hand. Maybe it was because it's the left hand. The Bible says that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. Let's try this again. How many of you know? You can frustrate some people sometimes. See, they're real slow. They are. Okay. Mm-hmm, that's the problem. Okay. I remember, I remember one time my wife told me, she said, boy, she said, I love you. She says, but every once in a while, she says, you can frustrate me to no end. I want to choke your mind. So my wife told me. And when she said it, she was laughing and everything. You know, we, I mean, we are who we are. And, and, you know, we frustrate people because of how we are. And sometimes it's just innocent. Ephesians 5.25, husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church, gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. Notice that Jesus said that he cleanses us with the washing of water by the what? Word. Okay, so. Spend about five or ten minutes talking about the word and then we'll be done. The main way that you clean yourself spiritually is through the word. Now, I have to use a natural example for for you all to get the point. OK, now, how many of you know, OK, I did the same message and it is not the same. This is I'm not even nothing. Not one word has come out the same. That's why we put both messages up. Not one word of this is on the tape from yesterday. That was a completely different message. But let's say that yesterday I get up tomorrow morning. Yesterday morning, I go preach a wonderful, illustrious sermon. I left the service. I took my two boys to get a haircut, and then I went home. Boom. And I don't take a shower or a bath. How many of you know you might be able to get away with that for a day as long as you got your deodorant from a place other than the dollar store? How many of y'all agree with that? So I get up this morning and I drive all the way over here, go to the restaurant, eat me a little breakfast, come over here, I'm preaching up a firestorm, sweating everything. I mean, you know, not, not by the way, just in case, you know, I did take a shower and, and I just let you know. <laughs> Is he telling us something? No, my deodorant would if I. Right? So I go back home and then I do not take a shower and a bath again. And then I get back up tomorrow morning. How many of you know about day two? You might be smelling something strange in the air. Okay? And what happens if it goes to the day three and a day four? Okay? This is the sad part about this is that I got to be gross. I will not be able to smell myself, but everybody else will. You know why? Simple. I have not been taking a shower or a bath. This exact same thing happens spiritually. One of the many reasons for reading the Bible every day is, is you taking a spiritual bath. When you walk out of this church, see here, a lot of things have been burned off of you. The prayer, the worship, us coming together. You know, whenever you go to church, you usually feel lighter if you go to the right church. Okay. You got some places, ain't nothing worse than going to church and you feel worse 
leaving than when you came in the door. You ever been to one of them? Yeah, I was. That's who get out of them places. Okay, you're supposed to feel lighter, feel clean. You've repented. You're like, Lord, I was acting crazy, but I feel right again. And all of those things. Okay. But when the moment you leave out of here, the corruption process starts again. Just things in the atmosphere begin to attach themselves to you. You hear people talk. Okay. Different experiences that you have might be a small disagreement with you. Kids getting on your nerves. You got to go to work tomorrow and deal with these heathens. And you see billboards and you hear music. You might watch television. You got all of these things in the atmosphere. Other people do all of this stuff. It's a thick atmosphere. And while you are walking through it, it's a bunch of stuff that is attaching itself to your mind and spirit. Just attaching, attaching the residue of it. Attaching, attaching, attaching. And what happens is if you don't spend daily time in prayer in the word, it is the literal equivalent of you not taking a bath. And you might be able to get, a day with, get away with that for a day or two. But after a couple of days and, you know, you know some of you, some people say it this way when they get to acting crazy. Whew, I need to get back in my word. Other people say, whoo, I need to get back in my prayer time. Other people, they do something really, really crazy. I need to go to church this Sunday. That meant that they were acting the food, you know, and, you know, the, the, the church that that was just your way of selling you. I haven't been taking a bath. Y'all remember that little guy from Charlie Brown? Who was it? Pigpen? Yeah. This is what it looks like after about two to three days, by the way, of you not being in the word. And what happens is that unseen army, when you walk past, look at Turnbull with that dust cloud around him. He ain't took a shower in a whole week. And then they see that as a sign of weakness. We know we can start pounding him to consist with the process. The word is what keeps you clean. Everybody say clean. Acts 20, verse 32. Now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. So the word of God is able to build you up. If you don't spend time in the word, you refuse to build yourself up. Everything else tears you down. You can actually get to a place in the word. Let me say this. Let me throw this in here right now. Because I only have two more scriptures and then we're done. You can actually spend so much time in the word if you keep doing it on a regular basis. Not only do you keep yourself clean, but it creates it begins to create a force field where the things that could attach themselves to you. Now they can't even stick. It begins to bounce off of you because the word time builds you up, builds you up, builds you up. And it begins to create a shield against the corruption. And you can actually get to a place where spirit uh, where where spiritually and physically it is literally impossible for you to be afflicted with a sickness or disease. You build yourself up so strong, it is impossible for sickness to attach itself. This is a true story. John G. Lake, he went to the hospital. He said, take the very sickness, I think it might have been, a, it was some type of plague. He said, get a microscope and I want you to take it out of the vial and pour it on my hand. He said, I want to show you how much I have built myself up by meditating the word. They poured that thing on his hand and watched under a microscope as those things died as it touched his hand. Because you build yourself up by spending time in the word, spending time in the word, spending time in the word. You're building yourself up. You not because see in, in, in the natural, you have to eat food to build yourself up and to stay healthy. You have to drink water in order to keep your organs refreshed and healthy. You have to do this for that, do this for that. OK, the word covers all of that. Amongst other things, John 15, one through three, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit. He takes away and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. So if words spoken to you can make you clean, words spoken to you can make you dirty and make you unclean. You can listen to the wrong individual. 
Okay, and now you have stuff in. And you ever listen to somebody that gave you bad advice and it messed you up? Yeah, and always remember this. Some people may mean well, but they're always going to tell you what to do if they switch places with you. Always remember that. And sometimes people are going to give you advice based on their own personal fears. You will always give advice based on your own personal boldness, your own personal fear. So if you get sick, they're going to tell you what they would do if their situation it was, was reversed or if they replaced or if they replaced their situation with yours. And they might be afraid, which means it's the wrong decision. You got to be very careful about the advice of other people. When people ask me for personal advice, you always very rarely see me use my personal opinion. If it is, I'll tell you it's my opinion. And I say, you got to be very, very careful with my opinion. I always point people to God, point people to God, point people to God. That, uh, second to last scripture, Joshua 1 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. Notice that spending time in the world on a daily basis, it makes you prosperous whether you decide to do it or not. That's the thing. See, that's why I tell people you will never have a problem living right, spending, never have a problem living right. You always have a problem staying in the word because the word is what forces you to live right. The prayer time and the word time is what makes you clean. And when you become clean, you stop doing dirty things. When you become clean, you start doing things that are more clean. That's why, you know, and then say this. That's why it's really no such thing as you getting saved and becoming Superman overnight. How many of you will honestly say now some people they now some it's just weird for this different. Some people, when they get saved, they drop everything. I mean, they they go to work the next day with a Bible the size of this podium and they cast a demon out of everybody. They boom. Uh, most people, it ends up being progressive. They stop doing certain things immediately. And then as they keep getting the word, they start letting things go without. I never will forget. I watched these two kids that joined our church in Detroit. Two young black kids, call them kids, but they were around 18. And uh, I've given this example before. Wu-Tang Clan. I remember the Wu-Tang Clan that used to wear them camouflage and goggles. They came to church on Sunday dressed just like that. They had on a big old, like they were going hunting, they had on a big old camouflage outfit with a hood. Both of them had dreads and they had, got, they looked like two terrorists. And I remember they were sitting right in the balcony. They were just sitting there looking at the service, just observing. Okay. Um, and, uh, and when they asked for an invitation for the altar call, both of them went to the altar. Okay. They gave their life to Christ. They came back the next Sunday. Guess what they were wearing? Same old goggles, same old dreads. Big old camouflage outfit, Wu-Tang Clan. They went to the Wu-Tang Clan. And that's how they used to dress. Okay, I noticed over a few weeks, though, a couple, uh, about two or three weeks later, um, they, they dropped the camouflage stuff, and they were just wearing, like, regular gym clothes. Nobody said anything to them. Oh, and, and by the way, they had earrings. Nothing wrong with earrings. I'm just telling you what they did. I'm telling you about what happens, how you begin to drop certain things when you start becoming clean. So point that I'm making is over a few weeks, we watched them drop everything. They dropped the earrings. They went and they got haircuts. They got rid of nothing. Y'all know what I'm saying. There's nothing wrong with dreads. But for them, it meant something to them. Y'all know what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, they just I, they just wanted to look, I guess, the most you know, astute as possible. And so next thing you know, after a few weeks, they came in there and they looked like two Martin Luther King apprentices. They had on just black slacks, shirt and tie bottles. Okay. That's what being clean does is that you keep putting the word in you. You will just let things go. Some of them will not be sins. The Bible says, let, let it go of every sin and weight. Some things are not a sin. They're just things that slow you down. You get in the word 
you'll stop watching certain television shows. You get in the word, you'll stop hanging around certain people and doing certain things. You get in the word, it makes you clean. And because you become clean, it makes your actions automatically line up with who you really are on the inside. That's why the devil will do everything he can to keep you out of the word. Last scripture. Proverbs 25, 2. I just threw this in there because I'm going to just show you how to kind of start with reading the Bible. It says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the glory of kings to search out a matter. Okay? Your, there are your personal, your personal Bible study, you as an individual, we're not talking about at the church, you at home or in your car or on your job at your house. You at home, your personal Bible study is supposed to be a personal adventure for you. There are some things that are in the Bible that have been concealed, not from you, but for you. And it will never come out through my preaching. There are some things that God only wanted you to find out based on you having a relationship with him personally. There are some things that will be revealed to you only because you open up the Bible and start reading. There are certain things that will come from me. There are certain things that will only come from your personal time with God. And I can preach. I can prophesy. I can lay hands on you for the spirit of wisdom. I can fast and pray to give you all the revelation in the world. And God will on purpose let you not hear what is for you because there are some things that are designed for personal time between you and God. It says it is the glory of God to conceal these things, but it is your personal honor to search them out. So I always say this because unfortunately... Most people don't know how to start reading the Bible. This is how you do it. This is one example. I learned this from Billy Graham. And that is, now, now I have here, uh, uh, Brother Devon, he brought this. You can always do one of these. This is called a one-year Bible. And what it does is, like on, like, it'll start with Genesis, and it'll read you through a certain amount of chapters in Genesis, and then it'll switch over to Mark, read a certain amount of chapters from Mark, and then it'll also have a Psalm and a Proverb. What it does is it gives you it starts you out at the beginning of the Old Testament, beginning of the New Testament and Psalm and Proverbs. Psalm is what I call the general practitioner passage. It deals with everything from why your money is funny to the people messing with you on your job. Lord, I'd have messed up for the 10th time, but your mercy is great. Psalms is amazing. It covers all of that. Covers all your foolishness. I love you, Lord, today. Tomorrow I killed somebody and I stole from him. Will you forgive me? Psalms is like that. It covers everything. Book of Proverbs has to deal with wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. How many of you know we need wisdom? So one of the things that I do, okay, every person has a different flow. One of the things that I do is I started with Genesis and I marked it because I have app, Bible apps. I marked it. I read a certain, so today, let's just say that today is the first day. I'll read maybe Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Then I'll mark it and say, when I come back, I'll start at Genesis 4. Then I'll switch over and I'll start with Matthew chapter 1. And I may read Matthew 1 and Matthew 2. Then I'll mark it and say, I'll come back. When I come back, I got to go to Matthew 3. Then I'll turn over to Psalm. I may read one or two Psalm. And I may read one, two or three Proverbs. That's how you start. And as you start reading that, this is what you do. Don't just do five minutes, y'all. Read this, y'all. You need to, let me tell you something. If you want to see yourself increase in wisdom, prosperity, favor, and everything else, study the Bible like you are the only Christian in the planet and God is holding you responsible for telling everybody else. 
When you start reading and studying the Bible like that, it will blow your mind how God will speak to you, what he will show you, what he will open up your eyes to, what you will learn, what you will experience, the level of flowing in the spirit and everything else that you will be beginning to operate in because of that time. That's what I teach people to do. Read and study this stuff as though you are the only Christian on the planet and you have to inform everybody else what this means, which means you got to be reading more than five minutes a day. You have to be studying. And this is what happens when you spend a saturated amount of time is that you'll read something in Matthew. Now, if you read Matthew chapter one today and then next week you read Matthew chapter two and then the week after that you read Matthew chapter three. Okay, well, it's going to take a long time for you to learn something versus if today you read Matthew chapter two, three, four, five and six. Then tomorrow you read 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Well, what happened is you started with Matthew chapter 1. But by the time you get to Matthew chapter 7 in that same setting, you'll see something. Wait a minute. This seems like it correlates or goes or corresponds to this right here in Matthew chapter 2. And then you're able to pick up the learning curve and you'll see patterns in scripture. And then you start learning. Y'all see what I mean? It's spinning. How many of y'all? Let me get it. Y'all got this looking. How many of y'all went to high school or college? I don't want to ask what the grades were. If they were lower, I'd be in that number two, so don't feel bad. How many of you know that when it came to studying for a test, you didn't study five minutes? You didn't study half an hour, particularly when you start going to college, some of y'all spent all night trying to study for one exam. Okay? Well, guess what? The word time is your study time for you to pass the exams of life. Some of you are failing tests only because, not because the test was too hard, but because you didn't study enough. And and you got to get that through your skull. And that is what food and water is to my physical body. That's what prayer time and reading and studying the Bible is to the real body. And the real body is what affects the physical body. Sometimes the reason why you feel so crazy emotionally is because you are spiritually famished and bankrupt because your spiritual being does influence and control every physical emotion in your human body, period. That's one thing we teach about sickness and disease. If you're physically sick, it's because you're spiritually sick. If we can get you healed spiritually, the physical will fall in line with the spiritual. Okay, so I'm just encouraging you that. There are some things that attach themselves to you and you do have control over it. But there's a lot that you don't because God has called us to live in a spiritual atmosphere that is getting worse by the hour, not by the day. You have to go in places. Some of you work at places. You have to go in places. You have to talk to people. You deal with people. People touch you. Things attach themselves to you. You have to deal with other people's kids. You got depending on the work environment. You got all of these things going on. Yet God gave us a mechanism called the word of God. And we've never been able to equate how spending time in the word covers everything. Your intelligence, your cleansing, your spiritual aptitude, your favor, your prosperity. How does me spending time in the word give me the ability to create an invention? How does me spending time in the word give me the ability to figure out how to fix this problem on this car if I'm a mechanic? How does spending time in the word give me the ability to diagnose this person correctly? Because it's all intelligence. It's spiritual substance that give you the ability to be intelligent. Last scripture, I'll just quote this. David said, I have more wisdom than all of my teachers because your statutes are my meditation all day long. And that's the one thing that will mess you. God mess you up. God does not do things the way that we do. 
in order for us to understand mathematics and the natural, what do we have to uh, study? Mathematics. In order for us to understand law, what do we have to study? Law. In order for us to understand aeronautics, is that a word? Aerospace, engineering, let's put it that way. I came up with a word, I think. You gotta understand, <laughs> you gotta study aerospace engineering, okay? But in order to understand all of that, from a spiritual point of view, you just have to spend time in the Word. And it gives you intelligence for everything, okay? So go ahead and stand. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Go ahead and lift your hands. Just begin to give God thanks and praise. Glory to God, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God, hallelujah. Praises be unto thee, O Lord God. Father, as they lift their hands unto you and they worship you and praise you, I pray, O Father God, over their well-being. Every man, every woman, every boy and girl in this building and the one next to us, I declare, O Lord God, they're cleansing this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. There are many things, O Lord God, that have attached themselves to us through ignorance and unbelief, even rebellion. And we ask that you forgive us of those things, O Lord God. We pray that you would reveal unto us those persons or that person that we must get rid of, that person that is not good for us, that person, O Lord God, that has attached themselves to us, that is bringing us down without us even knowing it. We pray, O Lord God, that every single past relationship Every single, every single past mistake, every decision, oh Lord God, that cause things to be attached to us that slow down our destiny, that slow down movement, that prevent increase and in prosperity and promotion and healing, that prevent us, oh Lord God, from getting rid of our fears, that cause us to be intimidated by the things of life instead of having boldness and courage. I break those things this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare that every known and unknown, every seen and unseen thing, oh Lord God, that is hindering your people this morning. I declare by the name of Jesus Christ that those things melt off of them. Those things burn off of them. I declare that they are clean today by the word that has been spoken in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord God, that those that are attached, oh Lord God, to this ministry and those that are attached close and far or directly and indirectly, oh Lord God, that receive this today or by media. Thank you, Lord God, that they will advance, they will increase. Thank you, Lord God, that every single thing that the enemy has snuck into their lives to prevent them from moving forward, to prevent them from receiving your best, to prevent them from receiving the desires of their heart. I thank you, Lord God, that those things are broken. And I pray that you would fill all of us with the knowledge of your will concerning decisions we must make discerning, O oh Lord God, decisions that we must take in order, O oh Lord God, to shift our lives onto the perfect road, the road that gets brighter and brighter each day. So I thank you, Lord God, for those that must make strong and hard decisions that you would give them the boldness and the courage to do it. For we know, O oh Father God, that whatever decision that we make in order to honor you, you will honor us back a hundredfold. So I believe I receive, O oh Lord God, them receiving the desires of their hearts Thank you, Lord God, that the people that are a part of us will increase. They will multiply as sons and daughters of God. We thank you, Lord God, that you will provide for us in these last days. We thank you, O Lord God, that those things that, that bind us in the area of sickness and disease are broken. Headaches stop. Liver problems stop. Back problems stop. Thank you, Lord God, that cancer drops in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord God, that all emotional pains are broken. 
depression, oh Lord God, please. I thank you, Lord God, that fears are dismantled. We know, oh Father God, that you have designed us, you have engineered us, you have created us, oh Lord God, to be bold as lions in the face, oh Father God, of all opposition. So we thank you, Lord God, that this thing is done. We declare, oh Lord God, once again, that we are clean by the word that has been spoken. We are clean, oh Father God, by your grace. We are clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are clean in spite of all the mistakes that we have made. We are clean, oh Lord God, in spite of all of the decisions that we have made in the past. Today is a new day, and we declare ourselves clean, and we thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Glory to God. Give God thanks and praise for that again. If you believe you receive that, we bless and honor your holy name, O oh God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory and honor be unto your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praises be unto thee, O oh Lord God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let me say this, that sometimes uh, I sense maybe for, I don't know, maybe one or two of you, could be more, I don't know, is that sometimes... Uh, sometimes the longer you hang on to something, I mean, I know, the longer you hang on to something that was never for you in the beginning, the longer it goes, the more difficult it is to let it go. And that's especially true when it comes to people, especially true when it comes to people. Sometimes we have formed relationships with people that are just not good and we are ashamed or we're afraid to break them off, you know, and, um, and sometimes we get caught up. I know ladies can get caught up in this sometimes. They get caught up in how much time has passed. Well, I've been in this relationship for, for seven years. And, and now because of how much time you think is wasted, you want to try to force something to work that's not there because of the time. But you have to let time go. We have all, y'all, how many of y'all know you? We wish we could go back and reverse time. There's some things that I have done over a period of time that I wish I could just reverse. And that's just not the case. And you have to realize that it's never too late to get it right. Because the longer you hang on to something that is not good for you, then it makes God impossible to get the right thing to you. It just make, it's just impossible. He can't do it. And sometimes we choose something lower than what God has for us. God wants the best for you. I would have made a grave mistake had I opened up that church that I was going to open up two years before I opened up this one. If I was stuck on, this is my chance to make a name for myself, and this is my chance, and they've been trying to hold me back, and I've been waiting for this long because I thought I was ready in 1996. <laughs> okay? This is my chance. This is my chance. This is my chance. And the devil was deceiving me. And, um, and the Holy Spirit told me, no. He said, you're listening to the voice of the enemy. Shut that down. We didn't tell you to open up the church right now. And I shut it down because I was willing to shut it down two days later. Then the Lord told me, open up a church and call it Lionheart. Had I opened up that other church, there's not a single soul at either one of these locations, as well as the 4,000 some people to listen to us around the world, not one of those individuals would be a part of what we're doing. Because I would have stepped out and said, Lord, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm impatient. I don't really believe that you have something better for me. So I'm going to go ahead and do my thing now. And God would have had to let me do my own thing and let it dry up and become famished and let it crash and all of that would be his mercy and his grace to show me you made the wrong decision and then I would have had to start over but how many know nowadays we don't have time to start over okay how many of y'all want to get it right the first time okay and no matter if you messed it up 12 times you can that's the wonderful thing about the blood of Jesus Christ 
no matter how many times you messed up, you can say, okay, Lord, I'm going to try this again. He said, okay, let's start over again. How many of y'all are thankful for that? God is just like GPS. You put that GPS and you say, GPS, take me home from this church service. And it'll say, okay, go this way. If you drive all the way to California, as crazy as that is, that GPS will keep on saying, recalculate. No matter how many wrong turns you make, recalculate, recalculate, recalculate. Some GPSs are engineered that if you make too many wrong decisions and wrong turns, it's, it's engineered to say, okay, it's obvious that by the decisions, you don't want to listen to me, so I'll just stop talking for a while. And that's why the GPS will stop talking if you make too many turns. It'll just shut off on you. But then if you pull over to the side of the road and say, you know what, I'm in California and I was just supposed to go to my apartment. If you, if you tell the GPS, okay, I'm ready to follow your instructions again, does the GPS say, no, 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 child, you got to sit over here on the side of the road for a couple of weeks and consider why you came all the way to California and made us drive four, four days out the way. We could have been home 30 minutes ago. Nope, you wanted to drive all the way here. We need to make you feel bad. We need you to understand how wicked you are. We need to sit you on the side of the road. We got to penalize you. Nope. As soon as you say, GPS, you stop talking to me because it's obvious I was doing my own thing. As soon as you hit that button, what does it say? Recalculate. And no matter how far you're off track, that GPS will get you still to that same destination. And you have to remember that about God. No matter how many mistakes that you have ever made, all you have to do with God is say, okay, Lord, where do I go from here? And that next step will be putting you back on the track to get to where you were supposed to be in the first place. So it's never too late to get it right. I'm glad about that. Because if y'all like me, I didn't tow up some stuff. <laughs> glad about that. Thank you. Glory to God, hallelujah. How many of you glad you came to church today? Amen, amen. It's very important for us to... Uh...